dear chief, much has happened since we last spoke. Welcome to Dear Chief Podcast, where your hosts and their guests share the 411 of being married to the people who respond to 911s. Take a peek into fire family life and get unabashed advice on how to prevent forest fires in your marriage. Now, here's your hosts, two seasoned firewives, Audra and Chelsea. there and welcome back to Dear Chiefs. This is Chelsea and I'm here with Audra and our friend and fellow podcaster John Nason. Say hi you two. What's up? Hello. For those of you that don't know him already, John is a third generation firefighter from Southern Maine. In 2019, he and a couple of his fellow firefighters started Truck Schmucks, a podcast for firefighters to encourage brotherhood and sisterhood and advocate for first responder mental health. John struggled with PTSD early on in his career and ultimately chose to share his story and be part of the solution by being involved in training of other firefighters. He now serves as a lieutenant and head of the training division in his department in Southern Maine. Yeah, yeah, thank you for having me. Um, This is kind of new for me, uh, being on this side of the the fence. But yeah, um, like you said, I'm a third generation firefighter. I actually started out in New Hampshire. I was born and raised in New Hampshire. joined the department um, that my grandfather was at one time a deputy chief and my uncle currently serves as the 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 fire chief for the department my dad retired as the captain of the department um so i i i come from you know when when i was younger i didn't get bedtime stories we got wartime stories of you know what grandpa used to do and and just growing up around the firehouse i was like this is this is what i want to do for a living and um yeah, those that that I'm sure we'll get to it, but during that time where where I was d- at my lowest dealing with with everything, it was it was tough and it was extremely tough and I self-medicated because I didn't know what was going on with me. Um and then at one point when I finally got to that bottom of the the Jack Daniel's bottle, um I looked at my dad, I go, "Dad, I think I need some help." And uh he's like, "Yeah, we'll uh let's uh, let's get you some help and uh so we we got me some help and finally sat down with with a professional and went through the motions and finally figured out what was going on with me and i i learned a lot about myself and since then i was like i and then i learned a lot about myself and how i can make myself better in dealing with the stuff that i see on the job and and then um yeah I lost my train of thought. Sorry. And, so you, uh, you basically just answered every question we had for you. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so we're done with this podcast. So right, uh, cool. that's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can get into more detail of of, of stuff. Um, I don't mind sh- sharing, um, especially the the first call um, that I ever went on. That actually that started. That was the engine to the train of of my PTSD. Yeah. Um, let's start with there. Let's go from right. the kind of from the beginning. So you yeah. are, you are married. I am. Okay. Yep. And, and you, uh, just your fur babies. You said I, I have fur babies. And, uh, so when I got married, I was, um, I was taking a, um, active hiatus, um, mm-hmm. from the fire service, um, just to, so I could deal with myself and make myself better. Um, because if you can't be a hundred percent on the fire ground, you're, you're useless. Um, you need to be a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. And, um, so when I, I joined the fire service when I was 16 as a junior firefighter, uh, and that following October, it was Columbus day weekend, uh, 2004, um, one of our neighboring departments, um, got a reported motor vehicle crash, um, on a very busy highway that runs through the town that I was serving in New Hampshire and we have a heavy rescue truck. So whenever there's a pretty serious significant accident on the highway that we, they typically call for that. So we were listening. Um, my dad was at home. I was sitting on the computer playing video games like every teenager does. <laughs> and, 
I heard it because the sca- at the time, just how my parents' house was set up, the computer was right here. The scanner was like right here. And I heard it. I was, I was listening. And then they said, hey, start, start the heavy rescue. And me and my dad looked. I was like, dad, can I go? And just listening to it, I knew it was serious. Mm-hmm. And my dad's like, yep, let's go. And he's like, I'm, and we debated like the minute ride from my parents' house to the firehouse. It's a minute. And I was like, dad, do you think I should go? He's like, do you want to go? I was like, yeah, let, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm, he's like, you, you do know there could be a potential, a dead body here or a couple. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. And got there. My, my uncle pulled in to, to go. And my dad goes, Hey, should we bring him? And my uncle looked at my dad. He goes, what do you think? And, and he's like, well, if he's going to do this job for a living, he's going to see it sometime. And he's like, grab your stuff and I'll hop in the back. Cool. We get there and, you know, it was, you know, organized chaos as any motor vehicle crash would be. Um, We had entrapment. Um, There was one one person, um, unfortunately, deceased um, as we pulled up and got there. I had to do because this heavy rescue truck also has a tower light on it. So we had to wait for. New Hampshire State Police to reconstruct the accident scene, you know, wait for the state medical examiner, that this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, my we're sitting there. My dad's like, you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. You know, we get home. My dad asked me again, hey, you good? I'm like, yep, I'm fine. At that time, I was fine, you mm-hmm. know, during, and my dad comes from that, that old school mentality of suck it up, buttercup, you know, be a cold-hearted son of a bitch in the moment and then deal with it later. Ah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sounds familiar. Uh, <laughs> and um, so the next day, uh, again, I'm 16 years old. I'm in high school. Come to find out that person that was deceased was a classmate of mine, a good friend of mine. Oh, man. And yeah, so not only did I have to deal with the the aspect of it from a personal level, I also had to deal with that for, as a professional as well. Um, so that Monday I was kind of going in that starting stages of the seven, the seven stages of grief. So I was like in complete disbelief all day. I had to, I went to the, every single news outlet. I was like, this can't be right. So, and I told my dad when he got home, he's like, just remember when you go to school, you know, nothing. And I'm like, all right. So I, I got, we got, got to school. One of, you know, one of the kids that was good friends of his, good friend of mine. And he was like, hey, did you hear what happened? And I'm like, no, no, what happened? I literally played stupid. And he's like, yeah, you know, Justin, you know, Justin got into a car crash. He was killed. And I'm like, oh, man. And he's like, you know, I, I saw that your department went, did do you know anything? And I was like, I can't talk about it. And so they had the grief counselors at the school. I was like, all right, you know, I just just dealing with everybody being sad and and having to deal with it, I, I was like, I, I got into automotive shop and I was like, I got to go talk to somebody. This is, this is bothering me. So just from a personal thing. And I got to grief counselors and who's sitting in there, but his girlfriend. And that's how we all met. And so we started talking and, and everything. And she's like, you got to tell me what happened. I'm like, I'm not telling you, you, you don't need that. You don't need that. And So I went to his funeral and I was a mess and I'm not usually an emotional person. I don't really show my feelings. Um, but at his funeral, I, I lost it. Um, and everybody, luckily enough, all my friends that were his friends were there. So they were kind of like, we were all feeling the same way and, um, just, just dealing with that. And luckily enough, you know, he always, had this thing this kid had a justin had this a smile that could just light up the room and it doesn't matter how you were feeling he was going to get a smile out of you no matter what and you know he was like he was a diehard red Sox fan he was one of these he was in this category of they're never ever going to win a world series when they when they do i will never smile the day after i won't smile so um you know going through that whole red Sox thing where we're here in new England, we're used to seeing the Red Sox just, just absolutely pardon my French shit the bed, no matter what in the playoffs, they shit the bed. And this year was right in line and we're playing the Yankees. 
We're like, ah, they're three games down. Just just watch it and just grit and bear it like we usually do. And then they came back and then they won the World Series in 2004. And we're like, we all got together. We're like, if he was around, he can't smile. And so that kind of made it better. Um, you know, and then I was, I kind of had this streak in my head of, all right, year down, haven't seen a dead body. Two years down, haven't seen, you know, haven't been to a fatal anything, fire, car crash, you know, medical, whatever. So I'm 18 and then it all, it just spiraled out of control. Um, it started with a SIDS call and then it just went down from there. I'm like, oh, <laughs> and then again, I just kept playing my dad's voice in my head, suck it up, buttercup, be that cold hearted son of a bitch in the moment and then deal with it later. So I compacted, I didn't talk to anybody. And, you know, when, then when I turned 22, it started creeping in. I'm not sleeping. I'm drinking more and it just, it just spiraled out of control. Um, I, at one point I was, I, I tell people I, I was living like a rock star minus the rock and roll and the drugs and other things. Um, I was, just going to parties and just being a, being a 22 year old kid in my mind. And, and my dad's like, no, this is, this is not okay. And I wasn't making stupid mistakes, but I was, I was self-medicating on un, unknowingly. So you are 22 and at were you time. at the time, were you full time employed or were you still volunteering? I was, I was still a call member. Okay. Um, but at the time I was, I was in college. Mm -hmm. And so I did a lot of in, up here, the live-in pro we have a live-in program. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, I think 17 departments in the state of New Hampshire that, that take part in that live-in program and they're pretty competitive. So I was like, you know what, I'll just, I'll just learn what I learn in, in class and then I'll take it on, you know, learn, learn it, put hands put hands on in my department because we're pretty busy we we go places we get a lot of car crashes we get a lot of fires and and then it just and then i so i did that um i moved on to another department because being a legacy firefighter it's tough it is extremely tough you have this spotlight on you you know your father your father's the captain so everybody thinks that everything's handed to you on the department um and your uncle's the fire chief. So there's a bigger spotlight right there. Mm -hmm. And then you have to carry on your grandfather's name. And, you know, and that was a, that was another tough, tough point in my life because my grandfather was my mentor. He was my best friend. He was the guy I, I could go to. And when I started in the fire service, he was that, that guy who, who welcomed me. <clears throat> and when he passed away in 2006, that was that was extremely tough on me um i had that was probably a really rough time because mm -hmm. i always told people when you know he died of cancer and you know i always we knew it was common i told i told my dad i go you know when he passes away can you t just take my keys because i'll just t i'll just take my truck and i'll just drive until the tank's empty he's like well we'll just make sure that there's not a full tank and <laughs> you know, try to make some light of it. And then we got home from school because we knew it was coming. He was on hospice. So we were trying to pre prepare, you know, get the truck ready, you know, because we, he, he went full, he went full sent. We full sent him out with full firefighter honors, had a bagpiper, a truck and everything. And we, so the plan was that me and my cousins, we were going to go down and get that, get the engine, help get the engine ready for whatever. Cause we knew it was coming. And we're like, they told us, yeah, we had to go up and check on him. So I knew they didn't tell me, but their body language was like something, something happened. So I kind of just, kind of just brushed it off. And my dad walked in and he's like, because my cousins were there, they're like, you need to go home, John, you go home too. Um, I was like, okay. And as soon as my dad walked in the door, I was like, he passed away, didn't he? He's like, yep. I was like, here you go. Here's my keys. And, uh, and then just, I have having to go to school because they're not gonna because my school was pretty strict. They they pretty much needed a death certificate to excuse absences. Um, Man, and, and yeah, it was just really tough in that that in a short period of time. And I was like, ah. And then dealing with with everything, it was just it was just rough. And then I, when I went to the fire academy, it was it was awesome. 
I, 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 we, it was PTSD was just becoming a thing because obviously after nine eleven, but it wasn't as, as talked about as it is now. It was kind of like, okay, yep, yeah, you're gonna see things, and uh, just make sure um, your your department has, you know, peer support and talk to them. Moving on to flashover, it it was not as prevalent as it is today. So that was when when you were in the academy. That was basically what they said. Yeah, make sure make sure you talk to peer support, and here you go. Moving on. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, that that's not going to happen to me. You know, 2007, I was what 18, and uh, yeah, just moving on. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so you had a uh, major trauma. Major. We we could call it that. That's. I mean, I feel like. Uh, childhood trauma is, uh, I mean, I, I have it. So like, like listening to your story brings back a lot of horrible memories for myself and I'm not even in the fire service. So I couldn't even imagine having to go, um, to that scene and, and be in it and then have to go to school the next day and, and know that you were there. And your friends are all questioning it and you can't say anything. I just, that just blows my mind. I just don't even, I don't even know what to say. And then grandpa and And just, wow, that's. Yeah. And the other, the other, the other one that's, that sticks in my mind um, is it was, it was a jet ski accident. The kid just turned 18. He was two weeks from graduating high school. And that was the first time I did CPR. Oh, and gosh. yeah. And you, and it was an absolute shit show. Like yeah. you had people like the people, his friends, his parents, their parents, they were all screaming in the background. And, you know, I, I played baseball and my grandmother's huge baseball fan. And she was like, you just got to have bunny ears. I never knew what that meant. Like kind of drown. Cause I can't do that. I can't mm-hmm. drown out the crowd. That gets me fired up. And at that moment, I finally figured out what she was talking about. Cause I had, and I, I did it. I like calmed down. I did my breathing and just, just kept going. And yeah, it wasn't until they got him in the back of the ambulance. I stopped. I, they were like, Hey, do you need a break? I was like, Nope, let's just go. Let's just keep going. And that that was a chaotic scene, and that that one sticks with me pretty frequently. I don't I don't go to the lakes anymore. Um, it just I go to the ocean. I I refuse to go to the lakes because it just it just brings me back to there. That one really hit me hard. Um, wow. But, yeah. So then, go through the academy. You start working, and yep. then what happened? Um kind of it kind of just dulled off and um i was going back to the whole you know spotlight thing i was like i need to go make a name for myself and in the fire service i can't i didn't i didn't want to ride my dad's coattails my uncle's coattails definitely my grandfather's coattails so i kind of went into this like i guess the best way i could describe it is i rebelled against my family name Mm -hmm. I, i i rebelled against it um you know, I learned a lot from a lot of the guys at the fire academy that were full-time big city firefighters. And I was like, I'm going to go do, I'm going to go do my thing. And I, I went and did my thing and, and, you know, tried to make a name for myself. And I was like, this, this just isn't, it's not right. It doesn't feel like home because I'll just say the department Wakefield is the only department that I, I because of my family name, I, it was home to me. It was safe going out on my own granted yes i was still in the same you know mutual aid district didn't get to you know see all as many fires but you know i was with my friends i you know i was working with my best friend you know we were per diem partners together and he was going to be the best man at my wedding if i had a real wedding and uh but and you know we we were just so tight and now you know, being back, being back on that department. Now he's the chief and, and he's, you know, leaning on me and be like, Hey, what do you think? You know? And even as a Lieutenant now, I, I go, I go to him for advice and I was like, Hey, what do you think about this idea? So, 
you know, just going through the fire service with somebody who's also a legacy firefighter. And, you know, we kind of just, that was our bonding through wildland classes is, Hey, you're, you're a generational firefighter. Me too. And, and kind of that. So, and then, um, 2009 hit, um, and in July, my parents' house burnt down. I just broke up with my fiance. And so I had no place to go. Parents took me back in and I lost everything. I didn't even have a room. I was literally living on their couch and their house burnt down and all my stuff. And that just compounded things. I was, and that just compounded me rebelling against everybody. I pretty much said, you know what? F this. I'm done. I'm going to go do something else. And so that was the start of my hiatus of the so fire service. Was that your childhood house that burned down? Yep. Yep. It was the house that I, I lived in since so I can remember. Just more trauma on top of trauma that hasn't already been dealt with. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, then, let's let's talk about being a firefighter and watching your house burn down. I think that's probably my husband's worst worst nightmare. Yeah. I, I was I was actually I was not even home. I was actually doing a part-time I was at my part-time job. I was doing, I was a lifeguard. I was a lifeguard in an indoor water park. Mm-hmm. And my mom called, you know, I just happened to be on my lunch break. And my mom calls up. She's freaking out. And my mom doesn't freak out. My mom is very ke- even keeled. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, even this, she's like, she was like still even keeled, but you could tell there was like some tone in her voice. And that was different. She's like, hey, I just want to let you know the fire department's at the house. I was like, what what happened? She's like, oh, oh, nothing. Just just the house burnt down. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, my God. River. And she's like, yeah, yeah, the house is burnt. I was like, do I need to leave work? She's like, I don't I don't know. Call your dad. And I'm just, my phone is at this point blowing up. And I had one of the Blackberries. So all I can feel is like the vibration. And I'm like, what the? what the hell is going on so you know i i got out i was like mom i'll call i'll call you back i didn't even want to talk to my dad at this point because i knew my dad's like the oh i don't know what to do now you know that kind of guy and so i called up my buddy dana and i'm like hey i need to know what the hell is going on in wakefield he's like he's like was that your house i was like yeah he's like okay so here's the deal um, house is total loss. Um, they sent one firefighter to the hospital. He was in cardiac arrest, but they got him back. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Holy shit. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, I, I walked into my, my, my manager, my supervisor's office. I was like, I don't, I don't have to know what's going on, but I need to leave. He's like, we can, can you hold on until three o'clock when, when the shift changes? I was like, yeah, but as soon as that first person gets in here to, to relieve me, I'm, I need to be out of here. I need to get changed. I, I'm out of here. Luckily enough, you know, at the time, the girl that I started seeing, um, she worked with us. So she's like, do you need me? I was like, if you if you want to freaking come with me, just just stay out of my way. <laughs> yeah. And and she's like, OK, so we get there. I, I go to the station. Everybody's still there. I grab my stuff because I'm like. I'm going in and see what I can grab. So I just grab my stuff and I get there. I put my, my bunker pants on. Cause it's like 90 degrees at summertime. So I'm like, okay. So me and my dad were just sifting through the stuff, see what we could salvage. And I'm like, dad, there is, there's nothing here. There's nothing left. Um, he's like, and, and we couldn't get my dad away from this place. We had to like, like three days. We had to like, come on, put him on a leash. And I was like, come on, we gotta go. You can't be here. And why we're, we're standing there, we look around and then all of a sudden our, our radios start going off. I look at my dad, I'm like, should we go? He's like, let's just see what it is. It was another reported structure fire. I'm like, let's go. There's nothing we can do for our house. Let's go save somebody else's. And everybody's, we get there, start hopping on the truck. My, everybody's like, are you guys sure you want to do this? I was like, yeah, let, let's go do our job. Let, let's do our jobs and one of one of the guys he actually wrote a pretty interesting facebook post um to the long lines you know i watched a brother's house burn down and they courageously and selflessly packed up to go save another person's house in, in the same day 
so that kind of stuck with me. I was like, that's, that's, that's what this job is, is even though we're going through the worst day of our lives, we need to get our shit together and go say, you know, help somebody. So it's not the worst day of their life. And, and that, and yeah, that stuck with me too. Jesus, <laughs> <So>. John. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> I, I hate talking about myself and like sharing these stories. Cause it sounds like it, it's uh, I want the uh, poor me story. Not the case. I'm not like that. It's, it's, it's just, this is, if no, somebody... it's not, yeah, it's not a poor me story at all. It's more of a, this is actual trauma. This is what actual firefighters and first responders go through. And this is what they have to deal with. And yeah. it's not, it's not a poor me at all. And I think that's part of the, you know, the stigma behind it is like, it's not a poor me show. It's a help me deal with this so I can be a firefighter still and be a first responder still without carrying all of this baggage to every single call I go on. Because even talking, you know, to you right now, you can tell the 16 year old trauma still lives in you despite even having to deal with it. It doesn't ever go away. You just have to learn to live with it and continue moving forward. Right. I mean, that's what we're hoping this PTSD discussion Yep. brings to people is that you have to learn to live with it not deal with it and hide it live with it and that's I think it's I mean pretty amazing your story is amazing and heartbreaking but also real and I I, yeah. I love it I yeah um and and I I've just recently um been able to be comfortable opening up about it talk about it um, and, it, and it's through the help of, of the truck schmucks that, that we've been able to open up and kind of be vulnerable enough to open up and talk about our, talk about our shit. Um, and even to, you know, Justin's girlfriend at the time, I, I've just recently started opening up and, and I've actually told her, I was like, Hey, the, after that, that was, you know, the start of the roughest part of my life. And she's like, even people today that listen to the truck schmucks and, and one of the, ep- I think it was like episode two that we, that we discussed it. And they're like, I had no idea. I had no idea you were dealing with all that. I was like, cause I didn't want to talk about it. I thought it would make me a weaker person. And I didn't want anybody knowing that. Cause I didn't want the, like I said, the poor me story or the poor me party, the pity party. I didn't want any of that. Um, I just, I just want to be a firefighter and, just, just let me do my job and let me be me. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was rough. It was really rough. Um, and then, yeah. Okay. So since you are truck schmucks, we want to know how it started and how it's going now. (laughs) Well, um, how it started, um, it's, it originally started with, uh, myself, Mike and Travis, um, we were at a, well, for me, it was, how can I help? And just seeing all the, 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 the firefight, the first responder suicides numbers creeping up. I was like, how, how is this possible? How are these, how are our brother and sisters coming to this point that they got to resort to suicide and they got to be able to talk. It is okay to talk. So in my mind, I was like, I got to do something. How can I do something? And, and then after, um, the Stoneman, uh, the, uh, the, the Florida shooting, um, me, Mike and Travis, we, we decided to take a, it was, it's the first, it's the fire, fire and EMS version of TCCC, which is, um, how to combat, um, active shooter, uh, events, um, in a hot zone, but they've kind of catered it to firefighters and first responders. So you're not going in you're pretty much following um the SWAT team in to get those those patients out that you can save um so we were taking that and we were you know in line to get um energy drinks out of a you know a new england based coffee thing and it wasn't dunks it was aroma joe's and i was like hey i'm thinking about starting a a podcast what do you guys think would would you guys listen to it they're like hell yeah let's actually start it together and then we can build the pod, you know, our training program to teach people how to 
you know, stop the bleed in those situations. So, you know, classmates, people have a better chance of surviving. And then we could turn that into a training thing for that. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed into its own like little baby. And, and the podcast is, is going great. I have met, we, I shouldn't say I, we, um, have, have grown tremendously. Um, I think just before our, um, we hopped on here, I went and looked, um, I think we're up to almost 4,200 downloads on our, on our show. And, and it's just growing. I have a, I have a laundry list of people that want to come on and join us. And it's, it's crazy. Um, I was like, people want to come and talk to us. We're just, we're just three mooks from, you know, three hose jockeys from Maine. Um, and then we weren't expecting to, to kind of add a fourth person. And then Stephanie was a guest on our show. We wanted to get a female's perspective of firefighting and Steph came on and joined us. She, she vibed with us pretty well. And then we, I, as soon as we got off, I was like, Hey, what do you, Travis and Mike, what do you guys think about, uh, bringing her on as, as a fourth member? They're like, yeah, let's do it. Screw it. Let's try it. So we, we gave, we gave her an audition, a live audition. We didn't tell her that it was an audition. We were like, Hey, we we want you to come on and, and guest host with us. And she's like, okay. And she came on, she, she nailed it. And I think the episode that we had her audition with, it was with Abby, um, uh, fire uh, confessions from a firefighter's wife and we pretty much just sat back and just let Steph roll and I was like this is amazing um it was a long day for me Mike and Travis and and stuff just carried that episode and we're like okay let's let's uh bring her on full full time and it's it's been uphill from there uh yeah and it's been it's been amazing we we've had some pretty cool guests on so did you <clears throat> When you started it, did you think it was going to be wildly popular like it is? No, no, I actually didn't think I, I didn't think it would pa- get past like five episodes. I was like, nobody, nobody is going to want to listen to us. Nobody. And we all thought that. And then people started listening. And like that first episode, like 50 people like downloaded it. And I was like, and we all I texted the boys. I was like, hey, did you guys know this? They're like, nope, that's amazing. And then it just, it just got, you know, it just got popular from there. I, I, I really did not think it was going to be as popular as it is. And I um, what threw me off is I took a fire training up in Waterville, no Clinton, Maine. And, you know, I Clinton, Maine is way up almost near Bangor. So it's like a two hour ride for me, whatever it's worth it. I can't get, and this is still COVID. So I'm like, it's fire training, real fire training. I'm going, I don't care. So I just grabbed a t-shirt, t-shirt I'm wearing now. And the lead instructor saw it. He's like, do you listen to those guys? I was like, yeah, I listen to those guys. And then I actually, the helmet that sits right here, I actually wore it that day. They're like, he's like, wait a minute. Are you, I'm like, you caught me. And, um, and he's like, damn. And then we're sitting down eating lunch. He's going through everything. And he's like, this guy right here, he hosts a podcast. It's called the Truck Schmucks. Listen to him. I'm like, mm. I, I don't like being the center of attention at all. <laughs> it's just not my thing. Um, it's a, I, I, we, I like to look at it as a team effort. It is the four of us. I just happen to be here just doing the, doing the damn thing. Um, so one thing led to another and, and now we're, we're, you know, we're in conjunction with a lot of training things. Now we're, we're working with a lot of training um, folks, Maniac EMS, New England fire training. We're going to go do a collaboration with, with New England fire training up in Rumney, New Hampshire, I towards the end of this month. And it's, it's just been a wild ride. I never in my wild, in my wildest dreams thinking I was going to be a, a D list celebrity. Um, people recognize us now. It's weird um isn't it like we have that same i kind of feel the same way about dear chiefs because people like you'll see oh do you know any fire wife podcasts and it's like we're on the top of the list and i'm like whoa how did that happen (laughs) (laughs) yeah it it... (laughs) where'd this come yeah i I think it was by accident i was kind of like just stroll 
you know, I kind of like listening to different things, different, getting in different aspects of the fire service. And I kind of just stumbled on, onto you guys. I was like, Oh, the dear chiefs, let's, uh, let's see what this is. And I listened to it. I was like, this is amazing. It's a different <laughs> you. aspect. You're welcome. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and just, and it's, and it's two different worlds with, for, for you ladies, you know, you have the yeah. Cal fire side and, and I believe it's your husband, Chelsea. Yes. that works for Cal Fire. Yeah. And so obviously they're 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 stupid crazy in the summertime. And and then Audra in, really good in, description of it actually. Yeah, stupid crazy <laughs> is stupid, the best stupid word. Crazy. Yes. Especially stupid, last I don't season. Even think there's a better description. That's some East then, Coast slang right there, okay? <laughs> but, I, but I think we should apply it. <laughs> <laughs> stupid crazy. Um <laughs> And, uh, but, and then you have the, the, the inner city aspect of it from your husband, Audra, which is kind of like that different perspective, which I, I love about your show. It, it's, you're getting the same thing, but you're getting it from two different perspectives. Yep. You know, one husband's gone for 40 days a month, 40 days, if not longer. And then, you know, the 72, 72 hours or hour, I can't remember what the schedules is, but, and then he comes home and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, that's cool. Um, I was like, man, I, I want to work three okay. days in a row. Be good. And nope, I I actually applied to Cal Fire for the seasonal thing just because I, I was like, man, I I really want that wildland experience because while I'm a I'm a wildland nerd, I love everything about wildland. For some odd reason, that that thing, that portion of the fire service just bit me um, hard. So when when there's a brush fire here. It, you guys call them vegetation fires out west and in they're like oh oh john's coming he can handle it just just send him out by himself he'll love it just three hours later he'll come back black hoody <laughs> and salty he'll be fine he'll love it so oh when, my gosh like when we get if i, I hear that. something that's significantly in size i will grab my wildland pack and just start trucking and the first brush fire that i that we had with the department that I'm on now, they're like, do we call the state? Cause I have my, my own yellows and greens, my own helmet, my own pack. And they're like, you don't need it. We're just, I'm like, we have to hike a quarter mile. I got a first aid pack. I got toilet paper. I got everything that I need in my little pack. <laughs> and, and they're like, everybody just laughs at me and they're like, wildfire season's coming. I was like, yeah, we're, we're, we're due for a pretty hot one. Like I did the, I actually went back Last October, it was really crazy dry here, un unnaturally dry here. I'm like, then I started going back and I went and did some history digging, and I'm like, oh shit, because it's the same weather pattern. Um, back in 1947, Maine had it was the year that Maine burnt pretty much. It was like 19 separate wildland fires, and they were pretty good size and. My grandfather helped fight that one. It was like the first big fire that he fought when he got on the into the fire service. Oh wow! Yep. So and That's he was nice. in New Hampshire, and they were calling guys from everywhere. My great grandfather also helped fight it, and my grandmother she remembers making helping make sandwiches and bringing them to the fire station. So when the guys came back, and they had something fresh to eat and refuel oh for the next day. And yeah. those are the stories you tell around the campfire, right? Those are the stories that I tell tell around the campfire. Um, <laughs> and those are the stories that my, my grandfather used to tell us. And, um, you know, just the uh, two, three months ago, me and Dana, who's the fire chief in, in the department that I'm on in New Hampshire, we were sitting around and we had a bunch of young guys. And I'm like, I looked at him, I was like, you know, we're effing dinosaurs, right? He's like, and we're only... 33 years old and i'm like you know we're that that generation where we had the old school mentality but we had the new school knowledge right. and we just kind of combined our generation and you know we're hard chargers we're like yeah this is fine and you know we yeah. would be happy if they gave us three-quarter boots and and that's it <laughs> uh, good luck with that <laughs> no i know so you I, I applied still to say, Cal Fire. What happened? Did you? I, did I you never. Not... I haven't heard back yet. Oh, you applied so recently. Yep. 
just, oh. just uh, last no during last November. Okay. Um, so the okay. seasonal thing, just to just to try it. Um, um, haven't heard anything. I'm looking forward um, to so hearing I'm... how that goes. Yeah. That's yeah. All right. So will you move oh. to California, or will you just come out and be here for? If let's just you know, big sky dreams. I <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, um, if you know, if they called me up today, I would have have the discussion with the wife and be like, "Hey, what do you what do you think?" Because um, she knows she sees it in my face every time, every summer when it comes across the world news with David Muir, and she's, I'm like, "I got to get out there. I got to get out there. I want to help. I want to get out there." <laughs> and just, just come for a season and see if you, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Airbnb it for the nine months, <laughs> you know, like short term lease. Nine months. It's like this fire season hasn't stopped yet. <laughs> well, it, see, but the seasonal they don't they don't work past. full the full year. So yeah. I think yeah. it's I think it's nine months, right? Yeah, it's kind of longer now. It kind of depends, right? So, but the seasonal yeah. firefighters only have a contract for that long, is what I'm saying. So then they get laid off at the end. So we're talking about Cal Fire. Yeah, I don't seasonals. even think it's nine months. I think it's six, right? It starts in, well, it used to start in May and end in November. I think yeah. that they can extend it now, though, and most of them do. Yeah. Because welcome to California. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to a follow up to that because yeah. I, when you said I applied to Cal Fire, I thought you applied to Cal Fire like 10 years ago. No, <laughs> no. I, I have, I have, I have put in several times. Um, well, I filled out the application several times. It's just pull. I, I had to pull. It wasn't the courage enough to pull the trigger when I was younger, and now All I'm right. I'm getting up there. I, I make it sound like I'm like this 45 year old dude. Um, some days I feel. Some days I feel like it just because. You know, yeah, you've teenager, been through a lot. Yeah, mentally, but fit, but physically. I when I was a teenager, I uh, I did a lot of stupid shit. Um, you know, there's that show Jackass. Yeah. Yeah, I did some of that stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. I remember that show. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that really messed up my knees was uh, was uh, the, uh, hey, let's, uh, hey, John's, John's dumb enough to skateboard this off this roof. Get him to do it. I did it. Uh, it was a shed roof. It was, it was like maybe 10 feet off the ground. I did it. And I didn't land it. Oh. Uh, I'm not even gonna <laughs> go there with that. Don't do it. Uh, and then, but but here I'm like 45 minute, 45 minutes to an hour from a ski mountain. So I did a lot of skiing, snowboarding, half pipes, jumps, you name it. I've done it. Um, haven't successfully that good landed. Old fashioned firefighter adrenaline junkie behavior. Yeah, right. And, and that's the and that's the thing. Like I've I when we talked to James from uh, from I think you got you folks have had him on he was on that second episode and I was, I was taught and then we had Brandon from the anchor point on and I was like it's like we're going 200 miles an hour and then all of a sudden just after the calls done, we pull the e-brake and we expect our bodies to adjust that's not how it works yep at all and when you're a wildland firefighter I'm safely speculating is you're going 200 miles an hour 14 21 days or however long and then all of a sudden somebody just you know mother nature just pulls that e-brake and then you slow down disperse and then it's just you alone in your own head yeah and it's like no we we got to do better for our brothers and sisters it, yep. it should... we just dropped uh we just dropped a really long episode of my husband um walking us through a critical incident that he experienced in 2015. So um, our listeners will be hearing a little bit about what that's like. That's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah. And then re just very recently, I, and then, you know, the other guys, if, if you follow us, we yet on Monday, we, we had the, on the unfortunate celebration of, of a two year anniversary of, a fallen firefighter that was very, in our mutual aid district. Um, mm. And one of the guys un unfortunately was at that fire. And so we just, we try to keep that, that his memory alive. And, you know, Captain Barnes, he went out, you know, f just from the stories from everybody, he, he went out a true hero. He, 
you recognize things were, were starting to go sour in a hurry. And, um, you know, he thought quick and was like, and he protected his partner. He li- literally laid on top of this kid and, and, and took the heat and, and unfortunately passed away. But, you know, it's just stuff like that. Like, like from that scene alone, just when, you know, one of our, you know, the guy who's part of the truck smokes talks about it, he's fine talking about it, but then he gets really pissed off and he's not in a good mood after he talks about it. So that's another thing is it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to feel you are experiencing a, a human reaction. That that's the takeaway. Whoever listens to this, it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to be angry, you know, just find a healthier way to deal with it. Talk to somebody, talk to the guys around the firehouse that were there. Just, it, just talk about it is the bottom line or, you know, talk about it. And then if you're still feeling pissed off, go to the gym, go to, you know, do what I, I did. Cause I was a pretty angry person. I, I, I got a punch bag and I kicked the shit out of that punch bag and, you know, just do something healthy. Don't yep. turn to a bottle. And yep. I, I stay away from liquor now as much as I can. Good for you. Uh, I, I still drink, but not as excessive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Same. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> right. Deal. So with that, we're going to transition. We're going to put you on the hot seat. No you've, way. You've listened. So you know what the hot seat is, right? I do. It's, it's not crazy. We're not going to, we're not going crazy. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? Sure. Okay. What's the last book you read? American Sniper. Oh, God. Oh, why would you read that? Oh, uh, it's like traumatizing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> again, it, it um, you know, you know, Chris went through a lot of, a lot of stuff and he had to do, he had to find a way to deal with it and talking to somebody, you know, helping the veterans at, you know, at the VA and, and just writing about it kind of helped him, I guess. Such a crazy story. Yeah. And, and then I mean, just like him, I, I I love this country. Um, I, you know, back when I graduated high school, I actually thought about joining, um, the military. I was, was pretty darn close to, to raising my right hand for the Marine Corps and, and taking the oath. Um, and then I quickly got talked out of it very quickly by a Marine. He's like, you don't want to do that. Yep. You, they will own your ass for six years. Don't do it. Yep. Uh, hindsight. My oldest daughter is, uh, well, is out now, but she spent five years in the Marines and, uh, I'm not going to say we regret it, but we regret it. I mean, it's done a number on her psyche and her psyche and uh her body is just crazy crazy yeah yeah we have a we have a few guys that are active military in in Mm -hmm. our thing and one of them bent over yesterday like crouched down and all of a sudden you you hear a loud pops like both of his knees pop and i'm like hey those are army knees (laughs) (laughs) and he looks at me giggled he's like yep (laughs) yep okay what does integrity mean to you and, oh boy, huh. I, this is a great interview question. Um, <laughs> integrity means, you know, living by your own, your morals and, and doing what's ethically right. Um, you know, if you think that, that something's not feeling right in your gut, probably don't want to do it. Um, and, and just stay truth, truthful to yourself, truthful to the, you know, to your family, truthful to the brothers and sisters in the firehouse. Um, that's usually what integrity means to me. Love that. What's your favorite TV show? Oh, right now? Oh, gee. I just, I just started a new show last night called Men in Kilts. Um, it's two dudes that star in Outlander, and they just travel around Scotland. Um, but when it comes time, you know, have Real Housewives of Orange County, when the, when the wife puts that on, it's, it's game time. Oh, my I, God. I'll, I'll admit it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm dead. I did not expect that answer. <laughs> I, I, I watch it and I make fun of it at the same time. So, oh, yeah. But, and I actually, this past season, I actually got a little upset. 
and I was like, oh, we got to watch The Real Housewives. She's and my wife Val. I was and she's like, oh, I already watched. It. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you watched it without me? How could you? Exactly. So oh I had to go back God. and rewatch it by myself while she's at work. Stop it! Oh my God. Well, now you know what it's like when you watch that movie at the firehouse that she wanted to see you in the movie theater. Yep. Without it. Uh, see, was see I don't. I don't do that. I don't do that because a lot of the stuff that I watch at the fire station is what she calls "quote unquote" stupid shit, and uh, she won't watch it. <laughs> For the most part, that's yeah. That sounds like my husband. He watches all the dumb stuff that I don't want to watch, and then occasionally he comes home and I'm like, "Ah, oh, I wanted to watch that with you." And he's like, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> yeah, who would expect? Who would expect it? <laughs> Okay, what is the weirdest thing you've eaten for dinner at the station at the firehouse? Oh, that is that is a good question. Now I'm trying to think. <laughs> um, hangover burgers. Um, explain. So a hangover burger is it's a breakfast. Uh, at least that's what the guys call it. The cook calls it. So you take a it's a a very very similar to a cheeseburger. So instead of a hamburger, it's sausage. So we you take that, you ball it, make it into a patty, you cook it up like a hamburger, um, slap cheese on it like a hamburger, and then you um, have an egg, bacon, and then you douse it in hot sauce and with a cup of coffee. Oh, that is a hangover. That's not burger. even weird though. That's like that sounds like something I would eat right now. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty weird when they start putting like ghost pepper inside the the sausage. No. You guys and your hot sauce challenge, I swear, is this a firehouse thing or? Has to be. Oh my gosh. Chelsea, does, do they do that with Cal Fire Chelsea? I swear. I, I honestly don't know. I can't, oh. I can't confirm or deny that. <laughs> Everybody's got, when you, because just eggs don't have a taste and then you just have to have hot sauce. I, I don't get it. I just recently started doing it because I'm like, I, I need something. I need something in it. It just needs a little something. And then I didn't know there was ghost pepper flakes inside it until I bit into it. And then I'm like, I'm screwed. Oh, ghost peppers God. are good though. I, I, I like ghost peppers. Oh, I don't. Mm -mm. I'm not a spice girl. My stomach would just be uh, on the floor. Like, oh no. Okay. What is one thing you would tell your younger self? Don't be stupid. <laughs> you know, don't do stupid shit. Uh, um, you know, the, the answer we've ever had. <laughs> the, I, I swear to God, my, my daughter is about to get her driver's license. And my husband and I literally just made her a keychain that says, don't do stupid shit on it. I swear to God, because that's like our motto in this house. It's just don't do stupid shit. Like that's it. <laughs> it, it it's simple. Um, you know, I, again, uh, don't skateboard off uh, shed roofs. Uh, you know, talk to somebody when you're, when something's bothering you in your head. And um, that was one other thing <laughs> that, that, I, that I did do. That was pretty stupid. Um, uh, don't try to be the Duke. Duke boys and the Dukes of Hazard yeah. um, with your rest 10 because you'll end up in a ditch. Mm. Um, that happened. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. This is why you don't have kids yet because you're. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm too afraid. I, I'm honestly too afraid. I, I don't, I don't need little John's doing stupid shit and mm -hmm. then having to deal with it. And you know, my, my dad, <laughs> recently just told me he's like i'm i apologize that i didn't do better you know be parenting you i'm like dad stop and think about this i'm not dead and i'm not in jail you did good <laughs> and pretty much mm -hmm. and he's like you know i never thought of it like that i was like I have to look at it, man. <laughs> I was giving parenting advice to my dad. <laughs> I love well, it. Well, then see, you're ready for kids. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about go. that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay, what is one thing you do for yourself every day? I just, I, I have to have my, my big ass cup of coffee. And mm -hmm. it's my one cup or else I'm grumpy as 
hell. Um, and just, and it's not just the cup of coffee. It is a moment by myself. Headphones in. Um, even right now, before we hopped on here, I was, I had my coffee. I had my music. Um, I need to have my my moment of punk rockness, being the Sex Pistols, Social Distortion. It has to be some form of old school punk rock, and and I just need that just to fire me up. And, and it happened yesterday, like six thirty. Everything went to hell yesterday, and I didn't even have that moment. So, riding in the in the fire truck, I was like, we gotta we gotta get some like punk rock on. And my driver was like. Hang on while we're sitting there. We stopped, moved, had to move a tree out of the road. He's like, when you get back in, we'll we'll have some rock music on. And he did. He he put social distortion on. And I was like, ah, okay, let's go. Now now it's go time. <laughs> just needed a minute. Love it. <laughs> I just need my punk rock. I love it. Okay. What do you do when you can't sleep at night? Uh, I watch TV and I I peruse Instagram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's I, I can't. Jane I can't. I told you that's not a healthy way to go back to sleep. <laughs> I I cannot do. I I got rid of Facebook. I can't. I can't deal with that that negativity. That is too much negative shit for me. Yep, I'm rarely on it these days because it's every time I get on, I'm like, why did I do this? Oh God, it hurts my soul. I only go on there to post on your chiefs, and yep. then I get off. I, I leave the the Facebook page to Mike and Travis. Nice. That is their thing. You take care of that. I'll take care of the Instagram and setting up uh, the shows and, and getting every, getting our guests squared away. That is, that's my job. Love it. Okay. What is one thing you're grateful for? Just to be alive. Um, it was, (laughs) um, and, and that's usually what I tell people when they're like, man, I'm having a bad day. I'm like, Hey, think about it this way. You're on the green side of the grass. Well, the white side of the white side of the ground right now here in new England, it's the snow. So it, it is definitely, you know, one to be just to be here, just to be able to wake up every day. Um, and, and, and for my family, that's definitely one thing. Cause with, without my family, I probably, I probably wouldn't be here. Um, just probably either alone. I, I, I don't think I could ever harm myself. It would probably just be alone in a cabin in Northern Maine without technology. <laughs> foraging (laughs) all right i have one more hot seat question if you could give partners of first responders one piece of advice what would it be um so if they're if my partner's just starting out sit down shut up and color for the first five years on this job keep your mouth shut your ears open and learn how to cook a damn meal (laughs) i love that that's that's firehouse advice but you know i'm pretty young so i don't have any life lessons for anybody but if anybody wants life lessons go watch star wars and listen to yoda he's got some good ones yoda yeah yoda is so knowledgeable there are so many things about life that he gives gives luke you know when they're going through the swamps of dagobah and and you know and i'm gonna give total credit to Zuni, um, our buddy Zuni from Zuniversal Studios and talking out of my stash is his, his podcast. He, he, get, he actually put this in perspective. Um, life is full of failures. I mean, you look at Luke, he's trying to get the, the X-Wing out of the mud, can't do it, and he gives up. And then Yoda just tells him, you know, to keep trying because there is no try, only do or do not. And, and Yoda just lifts the X-Wing out of the mud like it's nothing. But Yoda had to go through failures to get to that point. So, you know, it is okay to fail. That's usually what I tell my my younger firefighters because they're kids. They're kids to me. Um, you know, it's okay to fail. It's okay to fail, and it's okay to be have constructive criticism come your way because those failures are actually lessons in life. And the more lesson, the more failures. Don't look at them as failures. Look at them as life lessons. Yeah. Imagine if people would have told you that when you were younger. Oh, that would have been awesome. But Mm -hmm. no one did that. They made it was like a uh, here you go, kid. Life's tough. Get a helmet. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that was was 
Yeah. Well, I think that about <laughs> wraps it. That was like end quote, right? Um, so we want to thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome. For our listeners, if you're interested in learning more about John Nason or tuning in to Truck Schmucks podcast, you can find him on Instagram at, at Truck Schmucks. If you enjoyed our show today and want to keep hearing more, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. You can all find us on all your favorite listening apps by searching for Dear Chiefs podcast. And of course, on our website at DearChiefs.com. This is Chelsea and Audra, over and out. Thanks so much for tuning in. Tune in weekly for the 25,000 foot view of loving a first responder. Audra and Chelsea, over and out. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.